You're listening to the Unfreak Parents Podcast, episode 034. Your scene to chat about life, family, and of course, Umphreys McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jehaniak, writer, journalist, author, first solo female podcast host in the jam music team, mom of three, wife, and total Umphreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you had a chance to listen to last week's episode, which was all about the amazing New Year's Eve run in Atlanta. And if you did not, I will link that in the show notes so that you can check it all out. That was an absolutely out-of-this-world run, and if you have not had a chance to give all the shows a listen, I highly suggest that you do. I am still trying to wrap my mind around everything that I heard that weekend. It just absolutely blew my mind. Before we get into this week's episode, I did want to mention a project that I am completely honored and excited to be a part of. I cannot reveal too many secrets at this point, but Umfreaks Anonymous and I are working on something that we need the help of our fellow Umfreaks to make happen. If you are willing to be interviewed, um, both audio and video recording will be happening, so you have to be uh, okay with both of those. We would love to talk to you about your love of Umphreys McGee, how they've changed your life, inspired you, etc. Um, there is a link in the show notes that will direct you to a form on the Umphreys Anonymous page that we ask you to fill out, and we will be in touch to get something set up with you um, on a stop on one of the dates of the tour at some point throughout the year. This project we will be hoping will be revealed in 2020. So something that we'll be working on for a little bit. So if you are unable to connect with either one of us this year, um, we'll definitely be working on it in next year too. So if you are interested, please make sure you click the link in the show notes and follow that to the form and fill it out. And yeah, this is going to be super awesome. And I'm so, so excited to work on this and so excited to bring this all to you. All right. So let's dive into this week's episode. The band is back on the road in 2019 with the Wax On, Wax Off tour. And with both nights in Richmond sold out and when this part of this episode is being recorded. Cincinnati was on its way to being sold out. Um, so if you are wanting to see Umphreys McGee this summer and sitting and waiting to get your tickets, I would highly suggest that you do not do that. Um, the band is already on fire this weekend um, based on these two nights in Richmond and Jam Cruise and Cincinnati. So You know, it's only the beginning of the year. So if you really want to get your tickets, make sure that you get them in advance because these shows are going to sell out this year for sure. Um, I will actually put a link in the show notes um, of all the tour dates that have been announced so far so you can get your tickets. This episode will cover the two nights in Richmond, Virginia, the band's appearance on Jam Cruise, January 15th and 16th, and the two nights in Cincinnati, Ohio, January 18th and 19th. The first two stops of the Wax On, Wax Off tour were in Richmond, Virginia at the National. Umphreys has played at this venue a total of 10 times, including these two nights. The last time that they played there was two nights back in 2017, January 20th and 21st, so just shy of two years ago. They have played in the city of Richmond a total of 16 times, first time July 15th, 2005. This show opens with It Doesn't Matter, which is actually the first birthday of this tune, so happy birthday to that song. And what an amazing first year that that song has had. The first time it was played was January 11th, 2018 at Stage AE in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am so proud of what this song has matured and grown into throughout 2018. Some of my favorite versions from last year 
that are contenders on my 2018 Hall of Fame list. And I will link all of these shows in the show notes so that you can give them a listen and see which one is your favorite. March 9th at the Belly Up. May 26th at Summer Camp. June 30th at the Stone Pony. August 10th at Major Rager in St. Louis. And August 30th at the Joy Theater in NOLA. What will be interesting is to see will they shelve this song now after the amazing year that it had last year, you know, letting this one have a little bit of a rest and giving other songs um, that have been kept in their back pocket some light in 2019. The answer could possibly be yes with them going into Alex's house Last time played January 27th, 2018 at the Fillmore in Philly. And this one was worth the almost year-long wait. I am absolutely obsessed with this song. I can't even count how many times I've listened to this version, honestly. And I've joked with some of my friends and my husband saying that I've officially moved into Alex's house and assumed squatters rights i'm never leaving ever (laughs) this version plunging right into the improv section of the song about four and a half minutes in and damn like this song this part of the song is so beautiful so romantic sounding and seriously there's just so much feeling behind this just really giving it the much needed love that this song deserved Dropped at 6.50 and Joel just taking the end of this out. And this is another reason why I love this band. Reason 9,400,000 and whatever. (laughs) I was not an Alex's House fan prior to listening to this version. I mean, yeah, I like the song. It was a good song. There was never really one that kind of really was like, holy shit, that is amazing. And it wasn't one that when we would go to shows, my husband would be like, oh, you know, is there anything you want to listen to? And again, like I said, I go in very open-minded to these shows. But Alex's House was never one that was, like, up there for me, you know. And after this version, I will say that I am super pumped to hopefully catch one, you know, later this year in the shows that I'm planning on going to. You know, if they play it, like that may have been the only Alex's house we get in 2019 and it was amazing and everybody that was there was super lucky to catch it. Um, I don't know. We shall see. There is so much, you know, left of 2019, so much that they can do. So this song, definitely a quenching a thirst that we did not even know we had. And like I said, I'm just absolutely obsessed with this song. I did add this to my newly started 2019 Hall of Fame list, mostly to keep it neatly tucked away in case we wind up having a stellar year of Alexis and I need to reference back to it. Stomping right into similar skin, settling quickly in its jam a little over three minutes in, featuring Jake on keys, this one having a really interstellar, ambient dance party feel to it certainly being a different space completely than where we started with that similar skin a little bit ago this jam slowly starting to make its way back to earth about seven minutes and ryan starting to get a taste of us making a landing back into similar skin at eight minutes with the ground becoming more and more in our view rather quickly after that starting to really dive back into the song and exploding fully back into it at about nine minutes. And this one is 100% on my Hall of Fame list. And with this being only the third song in on this first night of winter tour, this seems to be a clue of what 2019 holds for Umphreys. These guys are not fucking around. They are ready to go this year. And it just makes me super super excited. Um, Bad Poker last played January 22nd, 2017 at Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, PA. This one played only 64 times and in recent years has seen fewer and fewer plays per year. So those in attendance definitely got a treat catching this one. A total Jake song through and through. And I think it's worth mentioning 
that he does this whole song. You know, he's singing, and as Bayless says, the Mongolian chants, and just rips the end of it. So this whole song is, you know, obviously a Jake song. So at the very end of it, you know, Bayless basically shouts him out of being amazing, and Jake instantly turns it around and starts introducing all of the other amazing musicians in the band. Just the modesty from all of them is, again, something else that I really like about them and I admire about them. You know, there'll be parts in the show where everybody's jamming and then all of a sudden, you know, Chris is going to take the lead in this part and everybody kind of just steps back and lets him have that moment. And I love that about them. You know, they're all very modest and, you know, they know they're talented, but at the same time, they know that there are so many other musicians, you know, including the other people standing on that stage with them that are just as talented. And, you know, I love that. I love to see that modesty from them. DBK slowly settling into its jam a little before four minutes in and starting to find its legs before really heading off a little bit after six minutes in. Stepping right into Fool in the Rain by Zeppelin. Last time played was October 11th of 2018 in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am hoping that this will be only the beginning of the Zeppelin covers that we hear in early 2019 as they prepare for that set with Jason Bonham in June at Red Rocks. I am so pumped for that. So pumped. I cannot wait. My first trip to Red Rocks anyways and, you know, the bottom set on day three. So excited. I will actually link in the show notes where you can get all the information for the Red Rocks run because you are definitely not going to want to miss that at all. Taking this into the tail end of DBK and ending the first set with looks to um, ending the first set with looks. This one seeing a big, huge expansion, not seeing a big, huge expansion at the end like we've seen in the second half of 2019 with this song. Most recently in New Year's Eve, they did that. Um, you know, they started doing it in the second half of 2019 or 2018, excuse me. So um, this one here is definitely not that, but it's still, you know, growing and expanding in different ways. And I love to see that. Second set opens with Mantis that instead of heading into a different song that sometimes happens, it heads into a dance party about six and a half minutes in, dancing along and completely loving every second of its journey. Stasic laying the groundwork to make this jam a little more funky, beginning at 11 and a half minutes in. Andy coming in, showing that he has no plans of showing down, slowing down in 2019, which makes me very excited to watch him and Chris this year. The two of them last year were just absolutely amazing. And if you did not fill out your 2018 year in review survey from Umfreaks Anonymous, I will put a link in the show notes where you can do that. The first question on there is who you think the MVP of 2018 is, and I chose Chris. I think that he's just spot on all year, and he just is an absolutely amazing drummer. So definitely make sure that you um, do your survey, for sure. This jam continues on, heading down a more romantic path the last few minutes of the song, before slowly trudging its way into Believe the Lie, the last time played August 10th, 2018 at Chesterfield Amphitheater in Chesterfield, Missouri. That was the only time that one was played in all of 2018, so who knows? That may be the only one we get for 2019. I will say it was nice to hear Bayless change the lyrics from The Worst Is Yet To Come to the more optimistic The Best Is Yet To Come. My favorite part about this song starts about eight and a half minutes in when it drops and then Jake and Brendan are building up to the explosive dueling guitars at the end. One of those things that I did not need to be there to see it in my mind. The energy between the two of them at the end of this song is out of this world. And like I've mentioned many times before, 
I love the chemistry between all of them on stage, but especially between Brendan and Jake when they are playing. It's just, it it adds to everything else. And when I see other bands playing and I don't see that chemistry, I call it out. I definitely call it out. Um, Seasons next, which I feel is growing more confident in itself and will continue to mature the more that they play this. Then we have a Dump City Walking on the Moon Dump City Sandwich, where the Dump City starts to get ominous about four minutes in and starts to slink and creep along like some sort of, like I envisioned like a demon snake that is growing more, you know, into itself. I love the griminess of this jam. And then we see that ominousness to finally grow larger and darker and Stasic and Jake are the ones feeding this monster until it comes in and starts to take this different like kind of switching gears to head into a cover of Walking on the Moon by the police and again like I've said before the police are a really great band for Umphreys to cover it just, you know, Bayless's voice is perfect for this and, you know, just their style of playing and, you know, the police are a really great band for them. Then they take that into the end of Dump City, giving us the tail end of Mantis to close out the second set. Encore Hangover sinking into its jam about three and a half minutes in, but not expanding in any crazy length of time continuing on and into the ending, switching gears and whimsically heading into glory to close out the first night in Richmond. And all of the information about both of these nights, you know, the set lists, where you can listen to them, etc. anything else I find, um, I will put all of that in the show notes so you can check it all out. Set two opened with Power of Soul by Jimi Hendrix, covered a total of 83 times. Last time was last year on February 3rd in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And come on, folks, if you are familiar with this Hendrix song and have not heard Umphreys cover this, just sit and think about that for a minute and kind of think about it in your mind. And then cue this song up because... It's going to be just as amazing as you imagined it. So do yourself a favor and listen to it. This one, diving into improv about seven minutes in and just continues on. Stasic laying some thick bass toward the end of this song about 12 minutes. Building up the ending and taking it into Spires that instead of just ending, they hang on to it for a little bit to let it rotate and gather more energy before heading into Ocean Billy, featuring Jake on keys. This version, people are really loving. It starts its journey into improv about six and a half minutes in, coming down and starting out a very, very dark, ominous, eerie, looming, something out of some really intense thriller movie definitely feeling like you're being chased or stalked by someone like in the woods or something you know it's just got that really intense and scary feeling to this jam this jam continues to become this enormous consuming monster that comes back down to earth at 13 and a half in and changes direction to begin its build back into billy showing the first signs of its direction at 15 minutes This Billy is very good, and it's so interesting. Again, I mean, I've mentioned this, and I've mentioned it when I'm talking with my friends. Obviously, every single version of the songs are different. Excuse me. The Ocean Billy that, you know, they played during the New Year's run, night three, if I can remember correctly off the top of my head, you know, and this one, totally 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 different and that's so amazing that you know these two you know exact same songs can have completely different journeys inside the middle of it and this one is definitely dark and ominous and I usually don't go for that kind of stuff but the jam in this is so good 
Ringo, which will go unfinished. And my question is, when will we see the conclusion of this spring back up? At the time that I'm recording this part, it has not sprung up yet. Um, there's still, <clears throat> excuse me, the Cincinnati shows. And at the time of this recording, I've not seen a set list for night two of Jam Cruise. So who knows? Maybe in a little bit in this episode, we'll be talking about Ringo coming back. Um, but at the time of me recording this, it has not sprung up yet. This jam begins to take shape a little before six minutes in with Ryan and Chris laying the foundation for the way this one is about to go. And although, like I mentioned before, this version is unfinished, it does come in at a little over 14 minutes, drifting off into a sort of robotic, distorted dream sequence at the end to glide this into the linear. This one really begins its journey a little after four minutes in. And I was thinking as well as everyone there that perhaps this one could stretch and expand a little further. It just comes to an abrupt end. I would have liked to see it kind of extend the jam at the end there, but no complaints. <laughs> the second set closes with the bottom half. This one plunges in a little after three minutes in and continues on this soaring uplifting jam with Jake just coming in and exploding all over giving me goosebumps for sure when I heard it. Definitely listen to this bottom half. Heading full force back into the song about seven minutes and then taking it down into the ending of the song. Encore was Kimball. I am sure this one was because it was Joel's birthday. Such a happy, inspiring, uplifting, even a tear-inducing song. And if you have not listened to episode two of the podcast, I interview Jimmy Rogers, a.k.a. Umfax, on Twitter, and he chats about how Kimball has made an impact on his life. It's really a beautiful story, a really great interview with him. If you are not following him on Twitter and you are an Umphreys fan, you really, really need to. He has some amazing facts some, you know, just the things that he tweets, the facts and the information that he tweets are so insightful and so interesting. And I've learned so much from him. I'm so grateful for his help and in this podcast and everything else. Um, so I will link his interview in the show notes and where you can follow him on Twitter too, because he definitely has some awesome, awesome information out there. They leave this Kimball to dangle in the air for a little bit before going back, before going into the silent type, excuse me, to close out the show. And I love how they are expanding and growing the silent type. You know, I know some people that are not fans of the song itself. Um, not my four-year-old. My four-year-old loves this song. Um, but the extension of it you know, really has made this song really awesome, honestly. So personally for me, night one, I felt was better than night two, although it's hard to say better um, because both nights were A+. But for me, there just seemed like there was different energy in night one, and I like the way that the set list and the night flowed. Of course, I was not at these shows, and the feeling is always different when you are there, but that's just my opinion playing at home. Um, again, the set lists and where you can listen to these shows and anything else that I may find to pass along to you guys will all be in the show notes. That brings us to night two in Richmond, Mr. Joel Cummins and Mr. Chris Mitchell's birthday party. This show opens with Miss Tinkles, and I feel when they open a show with this one, it shows that they are so ready, and everybody in the crowd better be ready too, because here we fucking go. <laughs> um, second self that features a tease of birthday by the Beatles before, for the birthday boys, and then a fake out in the beginning of the tune, I believe from what I heard on the recording, this one is on Ryan. I could be wrong. Um, you know, if you were there, you know for sure. Please let me know. Reach out to the show and let me know because I love to know this kind of stuff. Um, but that is the conclusion that I drew based on what I heard. 
Bayless coming in with his romantic solo about five minutes in, taking this all the way until the end of the song. Sociable Jimmy, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Sociable Jimmy Sandwich. This one dropping into improv only about four minutes in, comfortably chugging along until a little over six minutes in when it switches gears and heads right into a heavier, pure rock and roll jam for a little bit, switching gears again to become a little more soft, slowly sashaying itself into I Heard It Through the Grapevine, originally performed by Bill Frisell. This tune covered a total of 11 times by Umphreys, the last time, August 14th, 2014, 319 shows ago. This one is just so super sexy. Honestly gave me goosebumps when I was listening to it at home. Jake's guitar in this is just so romantic. You're definitely going to want to listen to that one. Beginning to go back into Sociable a little before 11 and a half in with a whimsical Joel solo that starts to grow with the addition of the other guys and takes it full force into Sociable. Changing direction again, bringing the jam down and sliding nicely into Sweetness, which has not seen light since October 27th, 2017 at the Palace Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. Rocker Part 2, just a really great rock and roll song. I love everything about that song. Half Delayed, although this one has been played 31 times in its short life, seeing its debut on December 30th, 2017 in Denver. This one for sure maturing over time, and I feel that it won't be long until we get an extended jam um, inside of Half Delayed. Excited for that day for sure. Water, the last time played March 10th, 2018 at the Depot in Salt Lake City, Utah. Only played one time in 2018 and before that was also December 30th, 2017 in Denver. And I'm actually going to link that show in the show notes because that's the second time I brought it up. So apparently that show deserves another listen or first time spin if you have not. This water was definitely a nice little treat for everybody that was in Richmond that weekend for sure. This gets very whimsical and romantic about four minutes in and sends us on this loving, uplifting jam before gaining more momentum and confidence, growing and growing before colliding right back into the end of the song. And the real treat for the weekend was to come with the next tune, Breaker, This one has only been played a total of four times, counting this most recent one in Richmond. The other times that it has been played were February 19th, 2017, October 29th, 2016, and the show where it was born, Umbul 7 in Las Vegas on March 6th, 2016, where it opened quarter one. And I will link those other three shows in the show notes um, wherever I find them so you can give them a listen as well. Maybe this one seeing some light means they're planning to see what kind of potential it has and how they can stretch and expand it even more in the coming year. That would be very cool to see because I am totally in love with this song. Um, so I hope that we get at least, you know, one more this year that would be nice to you know bring it out and you know let it play a little bit little bit um and this tune breaker closes out the first set that brings us to jam cruise aboard the norwegian jade january 15th through 21st the band was not on the boat the entire time, however, because of the upcoming two nights in Cincinnati, but they did play January 15th and 16th, one long set with an encore each night. This was the seventh time that the full band has played on Jam Cruise. The years that they attended were 2004, which was the first year, 
2005, 2006, 2007, 2012, and 2015. And a quick shout out to Umfax on Twitter for that random fun fact. And if you are not giving him a follow on Twitter, you definitely should. He has so much great information, and I will link him in the show notes so that you can check out all of his content. January 15th, a night one of Jam Cruise. And as of right now, when I'm recording this part of the podcast, there is not a recording of this show. So I've not had a chance to listen back um, to it, to record anything about it. Um, So I do have a set list, and I will share that with you. And if anything stellar needs to be talked about after I do get a chance to listen to it, I will totally bring it up in a future episode. This show was one long set opening with Remind Me, 40s, Rocktopus, Ocean Billy, Junk, Half Delayed, Wappy, and Baba O'Reilly cover by The Who, done 53 times by the band. And I saw them cover this at summer camp in 2009 with Allie Crawl on violin. And it was absolutely amazing. Every single time I um, hear them cover this song now, I, I think of her playing and it's it was so good. And I will actually link that in the show notes so you guys can check that out. It is it it's probably the best version of that cover they've done. So do yourself a favor and definitely listen to it. Um, Encore, Driven to Tears by the Police, covered by the band a total of 21 times. And going into the end of Ocean Billy to close out this show. And if the show does pop up while this is being edited, I will include it in the show notes. We can all finally give it a listen. Bringing us to January 16th, this show opens with Puppet String that begins its journey into improv a little after four minutes in, giving us last little goodbyes to Puppet String and that slowly fade and melt into its own, continuing on about eight and a half in when it starts to get some whimsicalness to it, becoming more optimistic and uplifting in its sound. Going back into Puppet String right before ten and a half in, Day Nurse comes up next with Andy taking the reins about a little over five minutes in for a little bit, bringing it down, letting it get all twisted and wobbly before getting its legs again and continuing on, bringing it down at the end and leaving it open seemingly a little like you're ent- entering this eerie dream before heading into Maybe Someday that descends on its jam very early on in the song, only like two and a half minutes, witnessing how all of these songs from the albums that were released last year have grown in such a short time. I mean, they're not even a year old at this point. It's just been so interesting to watch the band gain more confidence with playing them and You know, seeing where they can expand these songs in different ways has been very awesome. This one skips back into Maybe Someday a little before seven and a half in, finishing the lyrical part and then heading into the monster improv ending of the song. August, which they have been killing it lately. This one recently being played at Holidays and also Night One of the New Year's Eve run and then here at Jam Cruise. So... Even though all within like about a month of each other, each of these versions are just absolutely stellar and completely different in their jam. And although the first two that I mentioned would be considered for the 2018 Hall of Fame, this August is the first of 2019, so I did add it to my list for sure, mostly to kind of keep an eye on what that tune is doing this year. The jam slowly starts to come to life a little after three minutes in, coming down a little after seven minutes in. I see this kind of rotating kind of to gather more and more energy and momentum into the jam with it gaining more maturity and balls stomping back into August a little over 10 minutes. And you can't talk about August without bringing up the Bayless solo at the end. 
coming in very timid-like at first before realizing how beautiful that it really is, gaining more confidence to shine its full light all the way through to the end of the tune. The Crooked One, love the opening riff of this one, and the lyrics are just spot on. I love this song. This one heads down its journey at about four minutes, taking a little bit to decide which way it would like to ultimately head, eventually forging its path about six minutes. This one features, although not mentioned on All Things Umphreys, a tease of Ain't Nothing But a G-Thing by Snoop Dogg. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 90% sure that's what that is because I googled it to make sure that I had it right. So if I misspoke on that, I'm very sorry, but I'm 90% sure I got that right. (laughs) Um, They take that and head into Higgins, another one that they have just been destroying as of lately at the same two shows that I mentioned with that August holidays and night one of the New Year's uh, run. The jam begins at about four minutes, deciding right away that it is full force and ready to go but only continuing on this jam for a little bit before going back into the song and then leaping back into its jam. I just, I'm loving what they're doing with that one too. Booth Love featuring Turquoise Horns, and this song just needs to always be played with the horns. They add so much fullness to this song, allowing for different avenues of improv in this tune. I just love what the horns add to it and Jake even mentions it after this song too you'll hear it when you listen back um you know the the horns are just so such a great addition for them hang up your hang-ups also with Chris and Greg from turquoise this one originally done by Herbie Hancock performed by Umphreys a total of eight times including this uh this time last time this one was played was last year, August 23rd, at Locken Festival. They opened the second set um, of this, and the trumpet player and the saxophone player from Lettuce played with them. And um, I'm actually going to link uh, the podcast episode where we talked about Locken in the show notes so you can listen to my discussion about this. Um, but if you did not watch the webcast of Locken, or if you are not aware, Locken has a rotating stage. So one band will play one set and then they will rotate the stage. The other band will play one set and then, you know, they'll rotate the stage and the other band will play the second set, etc. So Lettuce was the band that was playing opposite Umphreys. So when it came time for this stage to rotate, Lettuce was still jamming. They were still playing their song. So, you know, the stage started to rotate and at one point it was it was sideways. So you could see lettuce on one side, Umphreys on the other side. And like talking about it now, I can still remember, um, cause I watched the webcast of this. Um, I can remember just seeing like the lights and having the two bands play. And this is what, you know, they, they wound up playing and it was so, it, it was awesome. Like I was at home watching it and I thought it was just absolutely amazing to watch. And then the two guys from lettuce came over you know, jumped over and went to go play with Umphreys. It was very, very cool to watch at home. And I'm sure that it was very cool um, for the people that were there. I mean, there's no doubt. And I know that there is a video somewhere of it. I believe Relics did an article after about it. Um, So I will dig that up and put that in the show notes as well. So you can check that out. Encore was Haji and Bad Friday featuring Sharik on saxophone and Mike Dillon on percussion. And I will put everything, the set lists um, from these two Jam Cruise shows, as well as where you can listen to them in the show notes and anything else that I can find out so that you guys can check it all out. Okay, January 18th and 19th at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. The band has played at this venue a total of seven times. First time, September 15th, 2007. Recently doing two night runs at this venue last year, 2018, being the first time January 12th and 13th. The band has played in the city of Cincinnati a total of 28 times, however, the first time being way back in 1999 on February 5th. 
And that's just kind of crazy to think, like, 1999, how long that was ago. It doesn't seem like it was a long time ago, but then it seems like it was forever ago. Um, night one of this run, January 18th, opens with In the Kitchen, which begins on its journey a little over four minutes in, and we get our first taste of the next song to come about ten and a half in with the beginning of seasons starting to slowly and aggressively peek its head out. Seasons again is a very new song, less than a year old at this point, um, but has grown and expanded and no doubt will continue to do that as 2019 rolls on. Speak Up next, sinking deep into its jam about four and a half in. They do set it down about eight minutes, but then pick it back up and just dive headfirst into the improv rabbit hole, leaving it to dangle in the air, taking it into passing, seeing a 100 show gap last played November 3rd, 2017 at the Orpheum Theater in Madison, Wisconsin, segueing rather nicely from that into the triple wide and although this triple wide only comes in a little over like nine minutes it is quite the musical adventure for sure featuring a stairway to heaven tease which i think i may have mentioned this um but i feel that we're going to be getting a lot more of these zeppelin teases and covers um red rocks is only you know a couple of months away it's going to come really quick and that Jason Bonham set on night three. So we're definitely going to be getting some more of that, I feel, as they start to get ready for that. I'm very excited for that weekend for so many reasons, but I'm super excited for that set. This one, um, this triple wide, I did put it on my Hall of Fame list. It is definitely fire. Give it a listen if you don't listen to the uh, this whole show. Definitely give that triple wide a listen. Slowing things down with you and you alone next. Then women wine and song with this dramatic beginning that definitely leaves you waiting anxiously to see what they're going to actually go into. And then right into the opening with Joel, just tickling the ivories. I love this beginning. I just, every time I hear Joel play that, it just, it fills my soul up with so much happiness. I love it. And this is another song that I really fell in love with last year. You know, it's a song that you know, I, I liked it, but I was just never really, like, into it that much. They played it last year at Red Rocks, Chicago, and then Holidays, the three times that they played it in 2018. And how they stretch and expanded that song in those two, or in those three times. And I will link each one of uh, those shows where you can listen to them in the show notes so you can listen back to them. Um all three of them are on my Hall of Fame list. This one is as well. It's just watching this song really grow is just been so awesome. I'm just loving all of it. And, you know, you just never know. Is, is this going to be the last time that they play it because they've been killing it, you know, the last couple times? So you just have to really, really enjoy every time that you get, you know, something like this. Then they take that and plummet it down about eight minutes with Joel taking out the end of the tune and Jake coming in beautifully whistling, going into The Stranger by Billy Joel. This one's been covered a total of 40 times, including this time here. The last time, 207 shows ago on August 25th, 2016 at Oak Ridge Estate in Arrington, Virginia, sliding right into the actual song. And I'm going to be honest, I did not know. I knew it was a Billy Joel song, but I did not know this Billy Joel song. I've never um, listened to a show where they had covered this before. So this was all new to me on all fronts. And I love that. 
you know, obviously I know who Billy Joel is. I know, you know, like his radio hits and stuff and, you know, some of his not radio hits, but not a ton. I don't know a lot about his catalog, but because of Umphreys now I have discovered this song of Billy Joel's that I had no idea about that they did a great job on. And it has opened up this different part of a musician that I didn't know about. So it furthered my knowledge of music in, you know, in another way, not just learning more about Umphreys or whatever, you know. So that's really awesome, too, you know, that it causes me to, uh, you know, explore these artists further and appreciate other pieces of their work. So it's, it's very cool. And I am going to mention, <laughs> Jake proved that he can whistle really well live. And Brendan has done so as well with Whistle Kids. So I think we, uh, we need to start working on that Goodbye Stranger cover, please. You know, girl can hope, right? Hoping one day, one day. <laughs> anyway, they jam the end of that uh, Billy Joel tune out, giving it the proper treatment, and then bringing it down to catch its breath and try to regain its thoughts slowly and dreamingly heading into the conclusion of In the Kitchen to close out the first set. Set two opens with attachments, and we all know the adventure that this song went on in 2018. This one being the first one of 2019. They have not played it since they took it into New Year's in Atlanta. On the set list, there is a note of a big stew after, and that is definitely what they did. They drop in a little after eight minutes in. And I love how this extension has become like its own separate journey, its own person, almost kind of with its own story to tell. This one is exceptionally funky. Stasic and Joel really keeping this thing growing and moving. And again, they knock this right out of the park. Stasic before 15 and a half in playing on his pedals giving this really dank and ominous tone to the jam. And I watched the uh, the webcast. Actually, we watched the replay. My husband and I went out um, Friday night for a date night. And so we watched this the next day. And watching Jake watch Ryan during this and feed off of what he's doing and you know, playing and building this whole other piece of this monster jam. It was just very cool. And, you know, I've said it a hundred times. I love their chemistry on stage. I love how they watch each other play and, you know, build off of that and the energy that's coming from the other person while they're playing. This attachments I've added to my Hall of Fame list. And again, you know, just making everybody fall in love with this song more and more. <laughs> they take this one and skip into the Fussy Dutchman. Bayless coming in with his beautiful solo a little after four minutes in, bringing this very gentle and comforting feel with it, growing confident and just emitting this love all over with this jam, taking it right into the ending of the song. Cut the cable. And then we get our first taste of Phil's of 2019. And if you listen to any of the episodes from last year, you know how I feel about Phil's. I am still honestly trying to pick my favorite one from last year. And between that and the other 40 hours of music that I have on my Hall of Fame list, it's going to be quite difficult for me to weed it down to like... 10 songs, I think, is what we vote for. So this one, this Phil showing that fire from last year is going to continue to burn, and I am so glad for it. This one coming down a little after three minutes to head on its way does feature a Can't You Hear Me Knocking tease by the Rolling Stones, switching gears about four minutes with a more aggressive, like, full of authority vibe, leaving that fills unfinished for now and taking it 
into the floor. Love the placement of this, although it, you know, it's a little odd to kind of sandwich it in there, but I love it. I love that it's like toward the end of the set, but doesn't close the set, still kind of brings that power from this song to, you know, push you through to the end um, of the set. This uh, Phil sandwich also does include Whistle Kids, the nod to parents everywhere. And they do extend this one of instead of just calling it wrapped after the lyrics. I'm really loving the expansion there. Definitely keep that going. The end of Phil's to close out the second set, which I'm honestly not overly impressed with this Phil's itself. Obviously, you know, by no means was it terrible. It was still really great having, um, you know, those two songs sandwiched in there was was great. Um, I liked the floor in there, um, but the Whistle Kids is kind of maybe like a weird um, placement. Not terrible, not terrible at all, um, but kind of like a little weird um, placement for me. Maybe it's just because I have all those 2018 fills on the brain still. It is still only January. We have 11 months to see exactly what that one is capable of for this year. Encore of Let's Dance by Bowie with Nick Blasky of Ray's Music Exchange, as well as the drummer for Omega Moose, which, if you do not know, is Ryan Stasek and Brendan Bayless, as well as Jamie Shields on keyboards. This cover has been done by the band a total of 26 times, including this one. And again, the set lists and where you can listen to these shows will be in the show notes so you can dive in more and enjoy. January 19th, the VIP set that was earlier in the day. This also is not available to listen back to at the time of this recording. But again, I have a set list. Um, They open with Example 1, Tribute, The Haunt. The song remains the same by Zeppelin, again with the Zeppelin cover, further proving my theory to be true for now about getting more Zeppelin covers, which I am like, fuck yeah, bring it on. Jake mentioned in an interview I was listening to from the Inside Out podcast, which I will link in the show notes. Um, I was also just on their show too after the New Year's Eve run talking about my favorite moments and I will throw that in the show notes as well. Anyway, in this interview, Jake mentions that he really enjoys the B-sides of Zeppelin. So that means anything is open for them to try and learn to play going in the into the Jason Bonham set at Red Rocks in June. And they actually talk about meeting him and, you know getting to know him and stuff in that interview as well. It's a really interesting story. The whole interview was really great. Definitely give that a listen. And if this one pops up uh, to listen back to, I'll throw that in the show notes as well. The evening of January 19th, the show opens with Conduit, then plunges into a small aggressive jam a little over four minutes in, Starting off with a Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne tease, slamming back into Conduit. I always have to stop and say it and make sure I say it right. Conduit. (laughs) Only about a minute later, leaving the end of this one mysteriously open-ended and entering into Triangle Tier. Joel has mentioned that this one is a little difficult to play. But I'm glad that they're playing it more and more because it's giving it more confidence with expanding. And I'm sure one day that there will just be this monster jam in Triangle Tier. I think I'm actually uh, looking forward to that. (laughs) Um, Speaking of monsters, that is exactly what I would use to describe this nothing too fancy. This 2019 Hall of Fame contender dives right into the deep improv at about six minutes in with Bayless paving the way with his gigantic solo, Jake exploding all over the jam until they bring it down slightly before 10 minutes, continuing on and gaining more momentum, life, and confidence, getting this 
aggressive interstellar vibe around 14 minutes where it morphs and grows into this beautiful creature that transitions into In the Black. Draconin coming up again. And the more they play this, the more I'm going to be able to say it. This song is always amazing. This one is also a Hall of Fame contender for me. Comes down a little after four minutes, slowly and very slyly gaining more and more before jumping right into a dance party a little after seven minutes. And then moving right into the beautiful lyrical part by Bayless. This song is just a gorgeous, therapeutic, wonderful journey. This is really becoming my favorite Umphreys tune. Even though I can never say the name properly, I still love this song so much. A Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd cover coming up next featuring Casey Cranford from Big Something on EWI, which stands for Electric Wind Instrument. An interesting instrument that I knew nothing about that apparently can be switched to flute, oboe, and saxophone fingering modes on the newer models. This instrument was invented by Niall Steiner, who came up with the idea in the 1960s, with the first working models being developed in the 1970s. So still a very, uh, very new instrument. Um, And I will actually link the information in the show notes that I found out about it um, so that you can learn a little bit more. Um, Because like I said, I had no idea exactly what that was that he was playing. This is an absolutely wonderful addition to this cover for sure. Shine On You Crazy Diamond has been covered by the band a total of 44 times. Last time was last July 14th in Patequa, New York, again with the words I can't say, and I knew I butchered it during the uh, podcast episode where I talked about that. Episode 7, and I will also link that in the show notes so you can give it a listen as well. Um, I've mentioned several, several times in this show how much I love when they cover Floyd. Not only is it a great band for Umphreys to cover as a whole, but Jake is just I mean, come on, (laughs) let's be serious. I mean, it's just a a great all around for all of them, but it's just, it's amazing. (laughs) And that time cover from New Year's Eve is definitely something that I will always remember. If you have not given that a listen, make sure that you do, because it was very awesome. This Shine On You Crazy Diamond is one that my husband is chasing. He's never been able to get one live. I was fortunate enough to get one my first summer camp, 2008. So hopefully uh, he will get lucky and finally get the cover that he's been chasing. The conclusion of Nothing Too Fancy to close out the first set. This second set opens with the silent type that begins its, its descent into improv about three minutes in, leaving the last little bits of the song to kind of fade out before heading down its own path. And again, this is a song that they've added this amazing musical adventure, you know, into. And it's given this song so much life and character that it didn't have just the studio version of it causing people to love it even if you didn't because you just have no idea what the jam is going to be or where it's going to go so you know just like they did with attachments they've done it here they've you know morphed it into this jam monster this jam vehicle that allows it to journey on in its own way and has really given people you know, a reason to love this song if maybe they didn't like it, you know, originally. Wife Soup next with Bayless's timid solo growing more to build up into the beautiful ending of that song. Love, love the end of it and everybody singing. And every time I hear that song, I will never forget the version from the Ravinia in 2015 with the choir 
it was just absolutely amazing. And I will be sure to link that in the show notes too. So you can uh, give that a listen to if you have not, because it's definitely gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Uh, Wizard Burial Ground dedicated to Pat Muldoon's wife, Kate. And for those of you that were watching the webcast of this, I hope that you caught the guitar that Jake was using. I have never seen him use this one before. A total metal rock star guitar for sure. And I've asked some questions um, to the people that I know. And nobody has any information about it yet. Uh, So as soon as I get some information about the history of it, etc., I will pass that along. And if you listening know anything about it, please reach out to the show because I am a total nerd when it comes to knowing about Jake's gear. So if you know, please uh, let me know because I would love to. How you can reach out to the show is all in the show notes. And of course, the refreshing and bold solo that Bayless takes to carry this jam into the dramatic ending of the song. Miami Virtue with Jake and Keys that also features a Rhiannon tease by Fleetwood Mac creeping in a little after five minutes. Then the jam heading off in its own direction, sort of like a mystical outer space dance party adventure, letting it come down and then fade out. The full of feeling and emotion upward coming up next. And we all know about this one, the ending, the whole thing. I just love the feeling of that song. Plunger, Don't You Forget About Me, Plunger Sandwich to close out the second set. Don't You Forget About Me, originally done by Simple Minds, has only been covered a total of eight times, counting this time here. The last time they have done this one was January 28th, 2017 at the Palace Theater. That show was part of the Small Northeast tour that Jake was not a part of because he was sick with the flu. Um, I will actually link that in there because I did catch one of those shows on that tour in Rochester. And I believe it was like right before that. Maybe it was like the 27th. And I will tell you, seeing that show changed so much for me not only did it make me appreciate Jake so much more as if I didn't already but made me appreciate him so much more but also made me just appreciate the band as a whole and and what they were still able to bring being one man down yes they had Redmond with them that definitely um you know rounded out the sound and and filled everything in but It's just very interesting to see them in that capacity because, you know, unless you saw them decades ago, you're not going to see that anymore. So it was very cool to, you know, have that experience. It sucks that Jake was sick, of course, um, but it was cool to, you know, get a different experience of something that we see so often. Um, Bayless gets inspirational, um, in Don't You Forget About Me, a little before three and a half minutes in, absolutely giving me goosebumps when I'm listening to this at home, and I'm sure everybody in the crowd, too, just giving us all hope that we can totally do it, you know, whatever it is that we're striving for, or whatever it is that we desire in life, or, you know, whatever we're working toward, we can totally do it. You know, he uses the example of anybody in the crowd that is a musician or thinking of starting a band that, you know, you can totally do it. And, you know, it's really nice to hear those reassuring words. Thank you for inspiring me yet again, Brendan Bayless. They take the end of that and sashay it into the conclusion of Plunger to close out the second set. Encore was Front Porch with Lose Yourself by Eminem and the Game of Thrones teases inside of there. This tune that I know a lot of people have been chasing and were a little disappointed that they played it here, hoping they would catch it later in the winter tour when they were there. 
This one has been played twice last year in August and also in February and only seeing one play in 2017. So who knows? This may very well have been the only appearance of Front Porch in 2019. We shall see. So there you have it, folks. This week's episode of the pod. Anything that I have referenced throughout the show can be found in the show notes, and I encourage you to check out the show's website as well. That information is in the show notes. There is a blog on the site, advertising information, where you can find any info about upcoming meetups, um, information about the interview project that I am doing with Umfreaks Anonymous, and one convenient place where you can find all of the podcast episodes. Any questions or comments about anything, feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys and learning anything new I can about Umphreys. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.